Hey, good morning. This is Doug Field, CEO of the Institute of Healthcare Consumerism, along with my co-host, Brent Macy, and a, our guest host, Liz Freyer with Intrepid Consulting, welcoming you to this week's edition of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Liz, great to have you on the program. Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me. It's great. Uh, yeah, nice to have you. Brent, good to see you today. Yeah, back again, huh? So we uh, nice, beautiful day here in, in Atlanta. Nice fall weather, huh? Uh, beautiful day. We got a uh, great program coming up, and Liz, we're going to get more into uh, to what you do with Intrepid in the next segment. And uh, you know, thank you for joining us in studio today. We've uh, you know, following Liz Liz's segment uh, is going to be two other guests on the program today. And what we're really going to focus on, um, you know, with Liz's first uh, segment is what she really sees with benefit trends for small and mid-sized employers. I think, Liz, you live and breathe the industry as a broker there with Intrepid and um you know, I think that's going to be very insightful for, for the audience. Yeah, we have a, a lot of employers that we have been pushing ideas with for a long time. And so whenever people ask me my philosophy or my position on ACA, there's a lot of things that put burdens on employers that, that we're not fans of. But I think the great part of what the law has done is it's actually prompted people to not just complain about things but to take action. And it's also, you know, help the carriers along with getting a little bit out of the box on how they're designing programs. So um, welcome side effects. And so that's what we're seeing in the small group market that we're excited about. Yeah, I think it, I think that runs upstream too, Liz. I think that's well said because, you know, our guest following you, uh, Dudley Slater with Cambia. Cambia is a classic example of where this law and the consumerism trend is driving business to really innovate and develop solutions for the employers. Mm-hmm. Very nice. I mean, I think Dudley's really, he's going to be looking at transforming healthcare, putting consumers at the forefront of care. And, you know, we look at this market and at the end of the day, it is going to turn to the consumer, be consumer facing. But right now it's all the the plans are being pushed through through the employer along with their brokers helping them and becoming consumer facing and you know with consumerism that's a big big piece of what employers need to look at and Dudley's really going to dig into to that in that segment and then following Dudley we actually have Jean Moore and Jean is with uh, Towers and she's going to talk about the private exchange results that they've been um, seeing for this open enrollment period so that's going to be very interesting with the exchanges we talk about that a lot on uh, the program here you know Liz from from your seat you know with the exchanges are you talking with your clients about the exchanges are you hearing some some good things mixed results anything you know I think there's a general consensus of uh, having trouble defining what an exchange is I have employers who have been doing defined contribution for a while have some uh, plan options, variable plan options. We've given them decision-making tools, and so they call me and say, hey, we want to do an exchange. Uh, My first question is, what does that mean to you? And uh, so many employers are probably most most of the way there and don't even realize it yet. So our job is to give them the tools to help support decision-making, to help communicate, to help engage, to support really their efforts that they've been doing for a while. And how do we bolster that? How do we improve it now that there's more tools and technologies that come along with their strategy that they've had for a while? Yeah, it's not that it, it's not that defined contribution is new because it's not. Right. But the marriage with Let's just say a technology platform. You know, forget the word exchange for a minute. I mean, exchange is a word we use right now. But you're right. It's 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 defined contribution being able to be more easily executed 
and available and accessible to allow employees to make choice through that link with the technology platform, that marketplace, that exchange, whatever platform that is. Exactly. And and the good thing, though, is that employees are anticipating change. And so what we're telling our employers is, you know, if you're worried about the employee's reaction to a different model or just different decision-making tools, they are anticipating something is going to happen. There's news stories every day with how ACA has affected benefits and affected employers and affected employees. So they know change is coming, so why not get at the front of it and uh, use that to your advantage to engage your employees? You know, I was on the phone yesterday with <clears throat> John Young, and John, I know you're listening out there, a good friend, and John's leading a discussion at Forum on defined contribution and exchanges. And, and Jeff Bakke, who is one of his panelists uh, with Evolution One, was talking about what I talk about a lot, too, is there, there is a parallel to defined contribution retirement. I know there's a lot of talk out there now about HSAs morphing into retirement vehicles, and there's some value, right. you know, uh, value there. But even pulling back to adoption, while defined health care, defined contribution benefits, meaning the non-retirement, have some differences there's a very good parallel to look at as the adoption by employees and consumers right. to define contribution retirement plans. Yeah, that's 401 interesting. Plan, 401k plans work. Mm-hmm. And, they, mm-hmm. and there was resistance at first when we moved from defined contribution to defined benefits. And only I, a grandfather, lives at Brent can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, there's a very definite parallel that I think both the employers should look at to become better educated and the consultants and brokers and we in the industry really get people to look at what that, you know, what happened there and where we are today with 95% of the plans being defined contribution retirement plans. Well, and I think when I'm asking employers, you know, how does it feel that that you and maybe two other people get to decide what the plan offerings are for 300 people? Yeah, yeah. That's a huge responsibility, and, and the employers, you know, they like being relieved of that a little bit yep. and, and – and understanding that, hey, this is not 100% on us. This is this is a responsibility that needs to be co-owned at least by by their employees. Yeah, I think you know, I think we're we're along the way on healthcare consumerism adoption. You know, uh, Liz, you you adopted this a long time ago. Others listening on the radio have too. We certainly did when we you know formed the institute. We believed in this is a mega trend, and so I think you know. The adult, the, the adult employee population out there, and I mean in a positive way, they are adults, and they want to be treated that way. Now say, hey, yes, I have some skin in the game. Did I like that at first? Probably didn't. But do I better understand it now? And now am I moving to be more in control with the choices for my family or myself? I mean, it's a very positive move in what we're doing. There's a, and one of the things, everyone to the audience out there, and we do this every show, um, we did build privatehealthcareexchange.com to allow everybody to, to access the different models there. And if you put into the promotional code area, IHC radio in all caps, um, you can get a discount to either the monthly or the yearly subscription there. We have over 170 private exchange platforms in there and whether it's you know the towers that we're going to talk to later today on the program or whether it's the the mid-tier uh brokerage agencies or whether it's an independent 
group coming in to launch an exchange. Um, all that information's in there for you. So if you're trying to understand what the different models are, what are the options for, for you as an employer, or, or are these broker-friendly models, um, all that information's in there for you to access at privatehealthcareexchange.com. And, and kind of to, to marry with that, you know, let's talk a little bit about, we're excited about our 2015 event schedule. You know, IHC Forum and Expo here in Atlanta is going to move to the third weekend of June, and it'll grow to over a thousand, you know, uh, attendees. And we're excited about that. There's going to be some changes. You know, we're continuing to evolve with the program. We're going to focus a lot on digital health exchanges. Defined contribution will still be a big part of it, but really all the aspects of healthcare consumerism. Our West Coast event will move to November 16th, 18th next year. Not this year. This year is the 10th through the 12th, folks. Yeah. Uh, it's going to remain at the Red Rock. Great facility. Great time of the year to give a market the perspective on what's happening and a, and a first-time look ahead. Uh, we're also going to uh, roll out an exchange forum. Uh, we're, you know, as I said, the exchange and fine contribution content is very prevalent. Uh, across our two for- two major forums, but we saw the need to really devote two days to pure discussion about defined contribution and private exchanges and all the different moving parts. And that'll be in Dallas, uh, you know, March 31st through April 1st. And and the fourth thing we're doing, and Liz, I think you'll be excited to hear about this, is that. You know, we'd like to stay connected with our Atlanta community. And so in the first uh, first of the year, we're going to roll out a new Lunch and Learn series. be held the first Thursday cool. of every month. Cool. That's neat. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we, we're excited about the content and the program we can put together. We will put together, like we do with Forum, a multi-stakeholder group. You know, there'll be employers there. There'll be consultants like yourself and brokers, health plans, even doctors, you know, that we, we get involved in our program. And that was very, and I know we had a meeting uh, yesterday, Doug, you and I, with uh, Jamie Benton, who's now with Rollins, and we're kind of talking with Jamie, and he would, he would, he actually mentioned that that doctor panel that we had at IHC Forum here in Atlanta was awesome because you don't really get that perspective as an employer. the The providers are a big piece of the puzzle here, and getting that perspective from the the doctors on what they're looking at with the healthcare law and what are some of their Challenges and opportunities is a unique look into a part of the market that a lot of people don't get that look into. Well, and I think, I mean, 170 private exchange options, that's really <laughs> exciting for not, y'all not to only, you know, put that collection together to educate people, but to also bring the experts and the thought leaders around to give input on best practices. And I just think it's a really cool service for consultants and employers alike. Yeah, what we kind of looked at, Liz, and, and you look at the market, there's so many different models. And is it a single carrier option that's going to work best for an employer? Is it a multi-carrier option? What are the what are the supplemental and, and voluntary products that are inside of these platforms? And so... You know, a lot of the employers that we were talking to, they said, "Gosh, I don't even, I don't even know where to start." Right, when we're looking right. At these. And it's a good database to help them get started. It's we're not in the the consulting business; we leave that to you. Mm-hmm. And we're just wanted to give them a way to really look at what are the options out there for them. Yep. What are you know? What are the simple choices that are out there, and what are the various models? And to, to all of our audience, you know, Liz was the one of the the first recipients to get our uh, CHCC certification program. Kind of, kind of tell our audience a little bit about the test and and what you liked. Sure. So you know, I think not only about the test, but just the institute in general, and the test is kind of the culmination of all those ideas. 
is, you know, as a consultant, we get approached a lot with different ideas, and sometimes you are taking a piece of this or like an idea from here. And I think what the test and what the course does is basically weave those different components and how they work together to give you a strategy instead of just an arrow. You've got, what's the thing called that, that holds arrows? The quiver. The quiver. That's what. That's basically what the course is. So, um, and then for me, and as crazy and basic as this sounds, is is you know, is as a business owner and leader, you know, you always start with you, you know what you're trying to accomplish. And as crazy as it sounds, is is in the course having the mission statement of what what are you trying to do with your consumerism program and, and putting that down first uh, makes a whole lot more sense than you know taking steps in whichever direction and so that part was impactful and meaningful to me personally now everybody um, who is at IHC Forum West you do have the ability to um, take Ron's pre-conference out there and Ron's pre-conference is, is the lead in to the certification program um, Ron does a really great job you actually walk out of there with a booklet that, that Ron has produced and Ron's background uh, was with PricewaterhouseCoopers and so he brings a lot of the knowledge that he had there with PricewaterhouseCoopers into that work book and and you know doug as we knew from the beginning ron's a big advocate for healthcare consumerism so he ties those pieces in um very nicely into that booklet right and you and the test will be accessible you can take it even before you get on a plane and come back from las vegas right you know, you, you'll be able to access it and take it and you can take the test as many times as you need to take it right and it's in a hundred question test um and we did update the test with some other other things that that ron wanted to see put in there so um everybody who is at ihc forum west you can take the test out there come back online and um and and qualified for the certification once you pass and uh so we encourage you to to do that and everybody stay tuned for the next segment of healthcare consumerism radio Hi, this is Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. If you're a solution provider in this marketplace, I'd like to talk to you more about our corporate membership program that will allow you to showcase your solutions in front of our audience who will be making decisions on what they're going to be putting in place surrounding their healthcare benefit packages in 2013 and beyond. Contact me at 770-296-7276 to learn more. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Certification. Do you know why becoming a certified healthcare consumerism specialist is more important than ever in 2014? Adding this specialized designation to your credentials tells employers or your clients that you understand how much our industry has changed and how to navigate that change successfully. IHC University's certification program offers coursework both online and live at their biannual forum conference series, and testing is completed online. Reaffirm your position as a leader in the health and benefit management industry. Download our certification overview and learn more at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. 
is Doug Field, uh, along with my co-host Brent Macy and our guest host Liz Freyer, and welcome back to Healthcare Consumers Radio. Liz, let's talk a little bit about Intrepid and uh, tell our audience a little bit about Intrepid, what you guys are doing, the type of clients you work with, et cetera. Sure. So we, um, well, a, a little bit of history I think that's important to kind of get to the name. I actually started um, in the agency in more of a support p- position when I was 22 as a temp. Wow. And, um, you know, majored in... That was only four years ago. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It it definitely was. So, you know, never planned to really be in this business, but but came along and figured I I enjoyed it and uh, was able to serve clients well and those type of things. So um, in April of 2013, I actually had the opportunity to buy my agency. Oh, wow. So when you're thinking about a name, um, I, I tell people that, you know, there's a lot of names for somebody who buys a health insurance agency the year before healthcare reform goes into full effect. <laughs> um, but my favorite, my favorite name that you could call somebody like that is Fearless. And so we thought Intrepid was a cooler way to say that. Great name. And it, Great name. thank you. And it, it kind of jives with our philosophy, which is pushing the envelope, thinking outside of the box. And, uh, so that's really what we want to be known for. That's great. What's your typical client? Uh, we we typically serve employers. We have different teams, but uh-huh. we typically serve employers between twenty and fifteen hundred employer okay. employees. Um, and so we are are working with them on their consulting and plan design, servicing the plan, and also keeping them into compliance. So those are the three areas that we like to to focus on. Liz, what are the the major renewal discussions you're having right now with with your clients. I know you've had them, but you're having that. Yeah, that, you know, what's been the kind of the mindset on renewals with your clients? You know, I, I think last year everything was everybody was just really scared. Yeah. Um, we have about sixty twelve one renewals in my office right now. Yeah, so my people, yeah. we were ordering in lunch, we were drinking coffee nonstop. <laughs> um, groups that that you know grandmothered their plans early mm-hmm. that were in the small group space. You know, I, I think it gets to what I was saying before is that um, for us, the conversations are a lot more engaging. We've, we've, you know, you have some employers that take your recommendations. Um, you want to build those relationships that, that when your employer says, hey, that sounds a little too complicated or, you know, that, that seems maybe a little bit too hard or a little far out. You know, our goal is to, to build a relationship with the employers that, you know, we push back on that a little mm-hmm. bit and we challenge them and, and, and we want them to challenge us. We actually um, just lost a, lost an account that we had tried to tried to persuade to choose us as their consultant and the feedback that that they gave is they said we're looking for somebody a little bit more traditional (laughs) and that is probably the the best reason i could have ever lost a case we've high-fived each other and said hey we we really want to be different in this space um and so and so employers were a little bit a little bit cheapest last year and and now i think they're ready to go and we're excited about that I think can the same be said for uh, you know we talked on the first segment about exchanges. I mean it's a popular topic right now because it is so disruptive. You know I think there's a lot more employees moving into exchange than people realize. I think it's gonna, that's going to be an outcome coming out. But I think still this plan years a lot of employers and even those more traditional employers are waiting to look. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see that as they start to see 
you know, positive results emerge from different employee demographics? Because I think that's the thing. Everyone gets started and everyone understands Walgreens. Everyone understands those with part-time employees. But when you start seeing some of the more traditional employers move to exchanges, you know, my feeling is that you're going to see more. It's going to be like Oklahoma land rush. You're going to see employers really open up. Well, it's it's like when um, UPS dropped spousal coverage for spouses yeah. who were covered elsewhere. You know that story, and there were a couple. I think I've got the company right. A couple couple employers to follow. You know that said, well, hey, if if this big company, household name, is doing that, is this is this something that we should right. investigate? Yeah. So I, I think that there's definitely definitely companies being trendsetters. I know that FedEx we read moved to an all HSA plan, which I think is awesome. And so when I'm meeting with employers. And and they think I'm a little bit nuts. I say, hey, FedEx just did this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it adds some credibility to the strategy and the belief that an HSA plan is going to hold health care costs right. down longer for the longer term. So, so Liz, some of what I'm hearing saying, is it a lot? Is there still a big education process with these employers on, on hey, this HSA is a good option for your employees? and and really does get them moving towards consumerism. Is it an education thing right now? It, it definitely is. And, and you know, I've kind of taken my, my challenging employers and kind of gone directly to their employees in some instance. And, you know, I, I quote this article that I'm sure I get the facts wrong, but I do it anyway. And, <laughs> and it, you know, I read this article. It says, you know, people take two hours to research and pick out what kind of flat screen TV they, right. mm-hmm. they, they choose. And then when they go to select benefits, they pick 15 minutes. Yep. And, um, you know, we, when we are communicating with employees, we're letting them know, hey, this is a team effort and uh, your employer, you know, needs your help and needs your encouragement. And so we are basically letting employees know, hey, thanks for coming to the open enrollment meeting, but that's not where your responsibility and your engagement is going to start and end. With the, um, you know, wellness is a big piece of consumerism. And I think, you know, Doug, you talk about it all the time. Wellness has been around forever. But, Liz, what are you seeing as far as trends in the well- with wellness? You know, I think uh, ACA a little bit kind of uh, sidetracked the wellness trend a little bit. Uh, but what I'm seeing is employers where wellness is part of their culture is it's getting deeper part of their culture. I was at a meeting this morning. We had a 7 o'clock meeting. The director of finance looked at his watch. He says, when do you have to leave? I told him. And he said, okay, we need to go down. It's stretch time. (laughs) And they had, you know, maybe 20 employees. You know, it's a big company. They had 20 employees there on site, a little Bluetooth radio in the middle, and a guy, an employee, leading their stretch exercise. And, um, I mean, you... You couldn't take wellness out of their culture. It's just who they are. And so, uh, you know, I think when a few years ago when wellness really started to get big, we had employers who asked us about wellness because they thought that they should, not mm-hmm. because they were really fully committed to, you know, making that change. And, again, getting back to my challenging questions, you know, I would have an employer ask me about wellness, and I'd say, I don't think you want to do wellness. Like, no, 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 we do. We heard it saves money said, you have a three-foot-high candy jar on the reception desk. <laughs> you can't you can't do both. Yeah. And so that's well said because you'll you will fail if you that that's it. Yeah. So we saw a lot of crash and burns, um, and we, and we still see that. And we yeah. want to help our employers um, accomplish their goals, but we don't want it to be a, a flyer that people get or a payroll stuffer. We want it to be you know, part of their culture and become who, who they are. We see, too, well, listen, I'd be curious to your response to this. 
we see employers now taking a relook at wellness from an ROI standpoint and looking at it more as, you know, this is a risk management and productivity program for us. Mm -hmm. It it can help us manage the risk, particularly if on the assessment side, we identify, you know, people with maybe emerging chronic conditions and we can help prevent that. On the productivity side, because if, if, if we have happier and healthier employees, it is going to improve productivity. And less on the the big returns that were promised about well, wellness, you know, five to one return. I mean, those those days are gone. And let's look at that as the core of our business. And I think also still as a retention tool. I heard that yesterday, you know, as a retention tool. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have every time we do on-site screenings with an employer, we find somebody who's diabetic and doesn't yeah. know it. Yeah. Um, sometimes we send people to the ER because their blood pressure is through the roof. Um, you know, as a <clears throat> consultant, it's much more meaningful. And, and we feel like we've contributed you know, to to just the, the greater, bigger picture when we can help people, you know, uncover these conditions and help them have the tools to manage them. So, you know, that's much more fun as a consultant than going out and saying, okay, your rates went up X amount, you could raise a deductible, do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's that, that conversation, um, you know, we want to change that conversation. Do you, there's a lot do, of do, do, sorry, Brent. Do, do you also have to educate that employer on the fact that, you know, when you first do these health assessments, you know, you may see your costs rise in the first year or so because we may identify some conditions that need to be taken care of. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We tell them that medication is going to pick up, but that's yeah. that's not a bad thing. It's it's right. part of our plan. Now, there's, there's a lot of, you know, the healthcare law and compliance issues are always out there. What are you, what are you seeing and hearing from the employers around compliance right now? Yeah, my same employer this morning, and it's a newer client for us, I said, well, now part of your wellness program, and they've really developed this themselves, said, I ran it by the attorney, and, and he looked like he wanted to put his fingers in his yeah. ears and just pretend like he didn't hear, but <laughs> I explained to him it's my job to to make him aware you know the compliance the compliance piece is uh really important and employers need to make sure they understand those rules and they know where the bogeys are and they put in place the administrative component that is the necessary evil to administering the wellness plan yeah hopefully you know i think that i don't know your opinion on this but uh you know i think the aca has brought some really positive things Mm -hmm. i think the the challenges that it brought is, is all the hidden costs for the employers, and hopefully, maybe we can get some of that change going forward. Depending on what happens, you know that 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 the parties to be in Washington, whatever sides, understands that hey, there's good parts of this law. There's other parts that maybe we need to work on and fix, to you know, to not put such a burden on employers. Yeah, well, I mean, having <laughs> that wellness spread be increased under ACA is, in my opinion, for people who don't like the law wholesale, is really the silver lining and, and is the, the tool that we have yep. Yep. to control health care costs. I, yeah, I think things like the employer mandate, some of the other hidden fees, that they can go away. I think, you know, I think the employer mandate, quite frankly, is a little bit, it's not there and intended to do because I don't I think the employers that have benefits they weren't going to get rid of them anyway. No, well, it's funny because um, you know I have employers say you know you know you have everybody knows those people. Well, forget it. I'm dropping coverage and I'm going to pay the penalty. And you know when we do our assessment, what we learn is they are so far away from the minimum that they have to provide. Right. 
Um, and, and I think the law, in some respects, it has the opposite effect where employers will say, oh, you mean we don't have to do this much? We right. can do it a little bit less. And so I think that's kind of a, you know, falls into the unintended consequence category. Yeah, just like to your point, I, to, to the, the Cadillac tax. I mean, any smart employer is saying, we're not paying a Cadillac tax. We're just going to reduce the amount exactly. of benefits. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, Liz, what, what are you kind of looking into your crystal ball? What do you see, you know, for next year and, and maybe the year beyond that as far as the direction you want to take your employer clients uh, there with the Intrepid? Well, you know, the carriers have developed a lot of uh, self-funded products that are more appropriate for the smaller employers that we work with. And so we want to, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're promoting that and putting it in place when appropriate. Um, information is power. And so when you buy one of those programs, you get more data, and that's more tools and, and more information that we can work with. We also um, are involved with a medical captive so um, the, the group that we work with just hit 100 employers where the employers have a commitment to do wellness um, and basically share in the stop-loss risk. Um, and so that's going to be a great transition tool for small employers to get into the self-funded space. And so we're excited about that, too. Is that Apollo? You work with Apollo? No, we work with a group called Pareto out okay. of Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, okay, I know. Yeah. They're okay. super smart yeah. guys. Yeah, then we heard a lot about the captives, and that is, a, you know, that's a, I know those have been around for a while, and but that is a very good option for those employers to share that cost. Yeah, well, it's it's like self-funding with training wheels, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, similar, like <laughs> similar yeah. to what you guys do, they have a members meeting <clears throat> um, where ideas are shared, and so an employer can say, hey, we put in telemedicine and it saved this much and so it's it's very collaborative and um, there's also accountability if you're not doing the wellness steps you get voted off the island and so you know so it's a so it's a big decision for an employer to go into one of those arrangements um but you know it's it's really cool and the ideas that are coming out of of those type arrangements similar to the institute are really neat and fun to to talk about and learn about Liz, let, let our audience know how they can contact you uh, about your services. Sure. Um, you can like us on Facebook at intrepid7.com. My name is Liz Freyer, F-R-A-Y-E-R, and you can find me on LinkedIn, and our website is intrepid7.com. All right. Thanks so much for uh, joining us in the studio, and you're going to be here with us for the next guest. That and, sounds uh, great. I'm going to grill them like you guys grill me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Membership. Are you an IHC member? Access to the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's breaking news, industry trends, expert blogs, and networking with IHC's industry-wide member community. IHC membership puts you at the focal point of the dynamic health and benefit industry, allowing you to join the conversation and collaborate with industry stakeholders and your peers. Your IHC membership includes a subscription to Healthcare Consumerism Solutions Magazine, Healthcare Exchange Solutions Magazine, Annual Publications Healthcare Solutions Superstars, and Healthcare Solutions Outlook, a free white paper, and much more. Sign up as a free IHC member or $99 premium IHC member today at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Learn, connect, share. Join us every Friday at 11 o'clock to learn all those confusing issues around healthcare, Obamacare, Medicare, Medicaid. We'll help you find the answers, help you stay in compliance. Join us 
Friday at 11 o'clock. Solution Providers, are you aware of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's multiple marketing platforms? You're invited to get a little closer to IHC with our Solution Provider Membership Marketing Program. Through IHC's exclusive Solution Provider Membership, your business gets an all-access pass to engaging your prospects. This membership embeds your business within the Institute, which immediately aligns your company, its solutions, and your key executives with the nationally credible IHC brand and shows your support of the healthcare consumerism movement as a market-wide solution. And that's just the beginning. Contact IHC's Managing Director Brent Macy today at bmacy at the IHCC.com. This is America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, this is Doug Field along with uh, my co-host Brent Macy and our guest host uh, Liz Freyer with Intrepid Consulting. And welcome back to this segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio and continuing the discussion on uh, the consumerization of healthcare. Uh, and leading this segment will be Dudley Slater, who is Division President with Cambia Direct Health Solutions. Uh, Dudley, good morning. Dudley, you there? Well, a little bit of technical difficulties that we're bringing him on. See if he's there. Hey, Dudley, you there with us? All right, well, we're getting Dudley on the line. Uh, you know, Liz, kind of in the in the break there, we were kind of talking a little He's bit there. about, uh, you know, what what you see in the industry, and, and I think, see you know, here. from an exchange keep, keep standpoint, bring, bring you know. Up. Hey, Dudley, are you there with us? Yeah, I, c- I can barely hear you, though. Hey, can you hear me now, Dudley? Uh, still pretty weak. Hey, Dudley, we can hear you pretty pretty well, actually. This is Doug. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, here, let me... Um, uh, maybe it's just the bridge doesn't have uh, a strong volume, but let me make an adjustment here and see if All that right. helps. Thanks. Uh, okay, I think I can hear you now. All right, Dudley, listen, I introduced you uh, uh, at the beginning of the segment, but I, I give our market uh, background on yourself and Cambia Direct Health Solutions, please. Sure. Um, so <clears throat> I've been with Cambia for a, a year and a half, and uh, my role is president of the Direct Health Solutions Division. Mm-hmm. And the Direct Health Solutions Division is, is a, uh, a complement to our uh, legacy health plan business. And, and together, um, our health plan companies and the Direct Health Solutions companies are comprised of 25 different businesses that really all work together to bring change to the way people experience healthcare. And and uh, the, the goal here is to fulfill our cause, which is to transform healthcare to make it more person-focused and sustainable. Dudley, when uh, you and the team at, at Cambia and with Regents, I mean, what was the the trigger that set you on this course to create this diverse portfolio of, of companies that represent uh, a lot of different solutions around consumerism? Well, I think there's a variety of triggers, but, um, you know, Cambia institutionally has a long history of, of innovation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're proud of the fact that um, our roots uh, go back to the formation of the very first health insurance business in the country um, at Pierce County Health up in Tacoma, Washington, where a bunch of families of loggers got together and 
realized that occasionally healthcare presented challenges to families that families could not afford and um, innovated the idea of health insurance uh, nearly 100 years ago. And to this day, you know, the organization has deeply embedded in its DNA uh, the desire to, you know, constantly evaluate the healthcare landscape and where we feel improvements can be made for the for the betterment of of, of health outcomes in our in our society. Um, you know, we attempt to innovate and direct health solutions. The division I lead is is really, you know, the most current form of that. And it was um, about 11 years ago that this was started. And really, you know, again, the goal is to transform healthcare to make it more person focused and sustainable. And I think, you know, the underpinnings of that are, you know, the observation that healthcare has grown, healthcare costs have grown to represent, you know, 18% of our country's GDP. Um, those costs, if you look back over the last 30 years, are growing at what clearly is an unsustainable rate. And so I, I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to conclude that. You know, well, there's a lot of good things that healthcare does for our country. Um, you know, there's room there's room for improvement, and and that's really what Cambia is committed to doing is to make it more sustainable and person focused. So, what are the benefits of putting the the uh, consumers at the forefront, putting them in that uh, you know leading role? What what are the benefits? Well, I, I think you know it's it's true if you look at most all other industries that an, an active and engaged consumer. Um, is ultimately the driving force that fosters increased levels of innovation, um, which we think will lead to better health outcomes. And uh, an active and engaged consumer, uh, we think, will also encourage um, uh, market forces that include competition and other dynamics that um, we think will <clears throat> really help bring control over the cost of care and um, and lastly, um, you know, healthcare at the, at the core of successful health healthcare outcomes is the relationship between the patient and the and, and the physician or the mm -hmm. provider. Mm -hmm. And um, having engaged consumers is is only going to help strengthen that relationship as well. Dudley, with you in a leadership role <coughs> with uh, and your companies as far as healthcare transformation, what are the the challenges that you and the companies under the Cambi umbrella face? Well, <coughs> you know, like like everyone, um, we come to work every day with a uh, a lot of excitement around the opportunity to make a positive impact on yeah. on healthcare. So, um, well, we have challenges. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't, uh, for a moment, discount the degree of enthusiasm that, that the Canby workforce shares toward our cause. But you know, transformation is is not easy. It, it, it takes time, and um, you know, today uh, the healthcare landscape is really governed by um, a, an entrenched uh, operational model that has evolved over the years, and um, we need to, you know execute on our cause and, and pursue the transformation that we're trying to pursue in the context of that landscape. And that, what that really means is, um, you know, we have to work in a way that um, excites consumers, that really, you know, uh, drives uh, consumer change. And, and that means um, challenges like, you know, building distribution models and sales engines that really bring our innovative ideas out to the marketplace. 
um, you know, it's healthcare is is uh, is very competitive, and and so we uh, do that in in, in the uh, embracing the notion of of the competitive market environment, and um, at the same time, you know, this all has to be done um, in the context of the existing. Uh, third-party payer model and, and working with the existing, you know, provider infrastructure and all, all of those, um, you know, established ways uh, that healthcare operates have to be embraced. At, at the same time, we we attempt to bring change and innovation. So um, it, it's 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 uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But uh, but we're very excited about where we're headed. I think you're doing some really good things. But it's also is, is it not about <clears throat> exciting? You know, the benefit buyer, those employers out there that, that sometimes are resistant to change or need to understand why they need to change and those stakeholders that are uh, working with them. Yeah, that's definitely a part of it, although I'll, I'll tell you, my, my own dealings um, with the employer marketplace is that employers are hungry yep. for, for, for change. I think employers are, frankly, fed up with the status quo, and, and you know, they've, they've been trained to... Um, Accept, you know, double-digit price increases. Um, uh, you know, they've been trained to accept a payer environment where they're given limited choices in terms of, you know, what they can offer their employees. And in response to that, em- employers are looking for change, and 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 you see them um, demanding change as they as they embrace higher deductible plans and they take steps to shift more of the payment burden, you know, onto the consumer and, and their and their workforce. Um, you know, employers are embracing uh, public and private exchanges at a very rapid pace. And so we found, um, you know, that the models that we're building uh, are, are really receiving exciting levels of demand and, and support. And, and examples of that are, you know, we have what we believe is a leading transparency business in, in the form of uh, one of our companies called HealthSpark um, that now... Uh, serves, uh, by our estimation, you know, uh, uh, up to 100 million members uh, across the country, and that includes employees of a number of, of significant employers. And um, you know, transparency really is at the. Uh, we think it's at the tip of the spear when it comes to consumer-driven change. Where if you provide consumers the tools to engage and and um, exert the power of the consumer in terms of shopping on price, you know, having uh, Quality metrics that, that consumers can use to make the best choices for their healthcare outcomes—that um, that, that those are going to be embraced, and that's exactly what we're finding. We we found very strong demand for that, and um, we have other businesses that give, like HealthSpark, um, that give employers tools—you know, real tangible tools they can offer to their workforce um, to allow them to be. Um, more engaged in their healthcare choices and, and to get more of a tailored experience that ultimately brings better outcomes. And yep. so, well, the behaviors have evolved over decades. Uh, we find that the employer and the consumer marketplace is, is hungry for these innovative concepts. Yeah, we agree. Um, uh, yeah, Dudley, we agree with you. i got about 30 seconds to go. Tell our audience how they can learn more about, you know, the Cambia group of companies. Yeah, well, there's a lot out there. I mean, the best place to start would be to go to um, our website, um, you know, cambiahealth.com, and then each of our operating companies has their own individual websites. And, you know, of course, we'd be de- delighted to, um, you know, take any direct in- inquiries and put people in touch with our trained professionals who can help, you know, guide them in the right direction. 
see if we can be helpful. Thanks, Dudley, very much. And uh, to our audience, uh, Scott Decker at HealthSpark. The HealthSpark company is one of our CEO industry innovators and our upcoming superstars. And congratulations to Scott. Dudley, we really appreciate your time. Uh, uh, have, a, have a great weekend. And if you can join us at IHC Forum West November 10th through 12th, love to see you there. Great. Thank you. It's been a delight. You folks have a good weekend as well, and, and uh, we look forward to talking more. Thanks, Dudley. Thanks, Dudley. And to our audience, stay tuned for Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Solution providers, are you aware of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's multiple marketing platforms? You're invited to get a little closer to IHC with our Solution Provider Membership Marketing Program. Through IHC's exclusive Solution Provider Membership, your business gets an all-access pass to engaging your prospects. This membership embeds your business within the Institute, which immediately aligns your company, its solutions, and your key executives with the nationally credible IHC brand and shows your support of the healthcare consumerism movement as a market-wide solution. And that's just the beginning. Contact IHC's Managing Director, Brent Macy, today at bmacy at theihcc.com. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com Have you checked out the only online guide where employers, health plans, brokers, and consultants can navigate private exchange and defined contribution markets? Browse PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com today. The emergence of private health insurance exchanges represents perhaps the most significant shift in how Americans purchase health benefits in years. As employers move their employee population into private exchanges, this trend is on a growth projection into the 2015 benefit year and beyond, according to research published by Allegis Technologies. Visit PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com today to browse our national searchable directory and for Healthcare Exchange Solutions magazine and newsletter. Be sure to submit your listing for inclusion in this groundbreaking guide at www.PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com. That's www.PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, this is Doug Field along with my co-host Brent Macy and our guest host Liz Freyer with Intrepid Consulting. Welcome back to this segment, Healthcare Consumerism Radio, where we're going to uh, continue a discussion about a very disruptive part of this marketplace, the emerging defined contribution private exchange uh, solution and marketplace. And leading this discussion with us today is Gene Moore, the lead with Towers Watson One Exchange. Uh, Gene, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Uh, nice, uh, nice to have you on the program. Uh, give our audience a little background on uh, Towers Watson One Exchange. Towers Watson One Exchange is a is a private exchange for um, all different sorts of employees and, and retirees. We have segments for Medicare retirees. We have segments for um, pre sixty five retirees. We have segments for active employees, Cobra part timers. But the whole goal is to provide access to um, different segments of the population to private exchanges or to public exchanges through um, one facilitated technology tool. There's certainly a lot of questions out there from employers and those working with employers. What are are some of the the most commonly posed questions that you and the team face out in the marketplace? Yeah, you know, I think that probably the most important question that employers are asking themselves right now is whether their health care program is structured in a way 
uh, to be sustainable in the long term. Mm-hmm. And when I when I talk about sustainability, I really you know peg towards the healthcare reform excise tax that goes into play in 2018. And there's really two components to that. So the first part of the excise tax is that employers have to get their costs for their healthcare programs below that threshold in 2018, so yep. they don't have to pay a tax. But probably the more difficult part of the excise tax threshold is that while the threshold is indexed to increase over time with inflation, it's actually indexed to increase with CPI, not healthcare inflation. Hmm. And so the impact of that is healthcare plans, employer healthcare plans, are going to have to trend at more like one, one or one and a half percent instead of the five or six percent that we're seeing today. And so that's actually one of the real big reasons that employers have shown so much interest in private exchanges is the promise that those exchanges can actually deliver um, meaningful cost savings in the long run. Do you think that's because employees are choosing lower cost plans and that's affecting their utilization? I think in some instances it's due to that. I think there's also the impact of um, mass purchasing power for the exchanges. Mm-hmm. So, for, for, for example, for our exchange, we've put in a lot of really high-performance plan features so that it can mitigate costs in the long run, and that includes things like dedicated nurses and dedicated physicians to make sure that the care is appropriate and right. And what the exchange brings to the table is the ability for employers to access that kind of purchasing clout when they didn't have the ability to do that on their own before. So while I think there's some additional consumerism from the exchanges by employees buying down, I think that at the end of the day, the exchange isn't going to be successful unless there's some you know, really high-performance features that help keep medical costs down just um, through, through the, the program itself. Now, Jean, you guys actually um, have some results from... Uh the, the enrollment in your exchange. What, what have you seen um, as far as results up to this point? We do. And, and you know, when, when we think about success, at least for Towers Watson One Exchange, we aren't viewing success as beating the market because, as we know, the market is, you know, 5 or 6% increases. We actually view success as beating or meeting CPI. And so for our first-year clients, we actually are happy to report that um, their trends are running at 1.8%, mm-hmm. which is significantly lower than market and right about at CPI. And one of the, the, the interesting things about that 1.8% is that that actually doesn't include the impact of employees or consumers buying down to lower levels of coverage. That's the gross trend number. And if we incorporate some of that buy-down that we see on the exchanges, that, that 1.8% would be would be significantly lower. So we're really pleased about those results, but I think that drives back to the point of it's not just the buy-down that's going to create the savings, but it's the underlying high-performance components of the programs that will make them sustainable. Now, with the with the employers right now, is is cost the number one driver that they're looking at around around their benefit structures, their healthcare benefit structures specifically? Well, so... So it's interesting. We just did our Healthcare Changes Ahead survey a few months ago, and so 87% of employers have said that healthcare is going to be a really key part of their employee value proposition going forward. But they also said 
that health care costs can't continue at the level that they're continuing for them to be able to keep their plans in place. Mm-hmm. So 81% of those employers are actually planning moderate or significant changes to their health care plans to manage costs be- before 2017. So I think those two data points would say, you know, cost is really important um, in terms of, you know, providing health care benefits on a long-run basis. Gina, I remember when the law passed, 2014 seemed so far away, and uh, 2018 seemed, a, a you know, light years away. Um, what do you think employers need to be thinking about as it relates to the Cadillac tax and ACA? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. You know, it did seem like 2018 was forever away, and we had all sorts of time to, you know, not worry about it. Mm-hmm. But but the reality is, um, it, it's it's here before we know it. And so, you know, like I said earlier, there's sort of two components to the excise tax. So the first component is getting below that initial threshold in 2018. That's not hard to do, because employers can accomplish that by just reducing plan design significantly to get there. So I think one of the things we've seen is employers are saying, well, I don't need to worry about that until 2017, and I'll just change my plan design. And and that is true if that's the way you want to go about it. But the bigger challenge is trying to manage to that 1.5% trend rate on a going-forward basis. Mm -hmm. And you can't wait until 2017 or 2018 to start bending the trend line because bending the trend line is actually predicated on employee behavior changing and getting different kinds of protocols into the programs. And so our message to employers is you can't wait till 2018 if you're going to try to stay below that trend of 1.5% or so. Don't you think, Gene, that's also the driver to define contribution married with a private exchange model? I mean, it is a very real solution that provides the employer with some flexibility around health care costs, but also improving the benefit experience for their employees. Well, absolutely. So the defined contribution approach has been um, very, very good at, you know, engaging employees and giving them the choices that they they want and desire, actually, on their plan. Um, One of the things we've seen is, while initially the interest in the private exchanges was all about managing costs, and a lot of the early movers were really focused on cost reduction, but we've seen a number of employers in the last, oh, I don't know, eight to ten months who are looking for a 2016 adoption, mm-hmm. um, that the reason they want to put in an exchange isn't necessarily because of the cost, but because of the improved employee experience. Mm-hmm. Our surveys have shown that employees really like a shopping experience, and that applies to healthcare as well. Mm-hmm. And so the exchange provides them with a defined contribution amount, and they can go out to this technology and see all of their choices and all the carriers and a whole array of things to choose from, and it feels very much like an Amazon experience, and it, it has been really well received by employees. And as a matter of fact, our, our, our survey of our first-year uh, clients showed that 80% of the employees on our exchange understand their health care ben- benefits better today on the exchange than they did prior to the exchange. Yeah, don't so there's you think- a lot of benefit um, from a em- consumer perspective of these exchanges, and the employers are starting to see that now. Gene, Gene, don't you, uh, you know, employees across the country, they're, they're real adults, and if employers treat them as real adults, and uh, they, they understand there's going to be some costs involved, that they need to have some skin in the game. But to your point, 
they will embrace this shopping experience, this opportunity to develop plans of choice that fit their family style, you know, fit their family unit, whatever that, that unit looks like. That's exactly right. And, and it's interesting. Employees tend to over-insure when they're choosing coverage from their employer yeah. for a couple of reasons. One, employer plans tend to be more generous than they necessarily need to be for a lot of different reasons, not in, you know, not not excluding things like union pressures and, and, and other things. But um, what we found is that this ex- opportunity to choose plans that meet your own specific family's needs has been a really big benefit for them. And we've seen people choose less generous levels of health care coverage because they don't really need it, and then they actually use that money to purchase other kinds of coverage that they, they really do need or want, like homeowner's insurance or pet insurance or things of that nature. So it's been a really interesting thing to watch how consumers are buying down on health care and buying up in other areas. Jean, in the, the last couple of minutes that we have on this segment, you know, what are, you know, the private exchange market is exploding right now. Employers are looking at it. You know, there's studies out there that, you know, I've seen all the way up to 90 million uh, people flowing through private exchanges across the country. And in the, in the final couple of minutes here, you know, do you see that uptick, uh, uptick in adoption taking place? And, and where do you see this market moving um, in the years ahead? Yeah, so, so I think, um, yes, we do believe that those numbers, I hadn't seen 90 million, but we've been seeing like 40 million by 2018, I think was an Accenture number. Um, and we, we absolutely believe those numbers feel right based on the volume of interest and activity that we've had with our, within our own exchange. Um, I think that what we'll see for 2015, we kind of know already what that's going to look like. Um, most of the early 2015 adopters were smaller to mid-sized employers because they really couldn't get the bang for their buck in terms of negotiating leverage and clout with the carriers, and so they weren't maximizing their cost efficiency. But uh, starting in 2016, I think we're going to start seeing some really big-name employers um, moving uh, to the exchanges. And and what we've heard, um, industry by industry, that everyone's waiting for the first mover to fall, uh-huh. and then everybody else will be a quick second follower. Yeah, and so yeah. I think 2000... I'm sorry. And Doug and I, and we, we echo that. Uh, Doug and I actually had a, a meeting with a large employer that's here in the Atlanta market, and you know he he said to us specifically, "I'm looking right at the private exchange market because I think it could be right for the employee population that I have." And and I think to your point, a lot of that discussion and, and look and see approach is taking place right now with these people looking to to make the jump too. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Jean, let us uh, let our audience know how they uh, can contact you regarding um, your private exchange platform. Well, they can find out more information on our website, towerswatson.com, um, or they could contact me directly at gene.more at towerswatson.com. Eugene, we, we really appreciate you joining us on the program today. Um, you know, have a great weekend out there, and if you can make it to IHC Forum West in uh, in Las Vegas, November 10th through 12th, we'd love to have you. We're going to have a lot of uh, discussions about private exchanges, so if you could make it, we'd love to have you out there. And uh, Liz, thanks for so much for joining us in studio as our special guest. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right, everybody. Uh, Thank stay you, tuned. Everyone. All right, have thanks, a great weekend, Gene, and uh, everybody out there. We'll talk to you next Friday on Healthcare Consumerism Radio. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.